When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, all you Blue Jays fans out there, and happy holiday, everybody. Uh, we got a special, wonderful, good things to talk about here on this week's week Wednesday Wallop here on Jaybird Watching. Brandon Panikar is with me, per the huge. My friend, how's it going? Not bad, buddy. It's a, a good time to be a Blue Jay fan with holiday getting into the hall. It's uh, been a good few days, plus with the announcement of seven Jays in the top 100 Baseball America prospects list. The future is not so far away, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting, especially when some of those guys on that list are already either appeared in Blue Jay Blue or they're damn near close to it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So let's talk about the big topic first. Receiving 85% of the votes for the Baseball Hall of Fame, Roy Doc Holliday. And what a career it was. We all got to see it firsthand. Um just insane level of competition out of this guy. Two signed young awards, one with each team he played with is a Blue Jay and a Philadelphia Philly. Eight-time All-Star. His numbers retired in Toronto and, I believe, in Philadelphia as well. But I think he's th- he was I wearing think, 34, I think, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I can't remember if he was retired. I was there back in May for when the Jays were in Philly, and I know they definitely have a plaque for Holiday somewhere, but I'm not sure if it's retired yet. Regardless, they do honor the 34. Correct. And um, as far as it goes, I think he's actually next to his personal catcher in Chooch, <laughs> Carlos Ruiz, on that wall, too, if I remember one of my Philly friends talking about it one day. Kind of fitting. And um, an all reality joke I made to one of my friends as far as things go, that wouldn't be the worst person to help with his, you know, Hall of Fame speech at this point, seeing obviously I think they got to think of something fun to honor one of the best baseball players and one of the best people I've had the pleasure of meeting too, so, and it's pretty well known, I guess. Yeah, no doubt about that. Carlos Ruiz and Halliday, that battery for those few years in Philly when they were making the playoffs was one of the best. And Chooch always seemed to come up clutch in the playoffs for Philly too, so it was a, a very magical few years for Philly's fans. I'm, I'm pretty jealous that we got to see Halliday pitch in the playoffs for the Phillies, and that it wasn't in Toronto at any time in his career. Yeah, that 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 holiday start against the Reds in the LDS, where he ends up no hitting one of the most threatening lineups in baseball that season. That felt like the first playoff win for Blue Jays fans since 1993. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember watching that at Brock. It was my first year at Brock University. First few months, I think. Well, it was in October, so definitely the first month. 
that I was there. I was watching that from start to finish, and as soon as he got it, I called my mom. I'm just like, oh, my God, Halliday just threw a no-hitter in the playoffs, and I felt so proud and happy for him. It was definitely magical to watch. Yeah, so on uh, Twitter, on MLB.com, they've been putting out little segments of uh, the show that they made for that that uh, Roy Halliday no-hitter for the playoffs. It's the second no-hitter in Major League history in the playoffs. Only Don Larson's perfect game is the only other one, zero hits across the board for any pitcher and as far as it goes I thought this was one of the best things in that video as you could see they, they were interviewing Joey Votto and in the seventh inning we all know that Joey Votto can get a little angry at times <laughs> and as far as it goes he goes I gotta find a way to get on base I don't care I gotta mess with his timing so you see Halliday getting ready to go in his lineup Votto calls for timeout Halliday steps off the mound. You can tell he's a little like, oh, really? We're going to play that game? <laughs> <laughs> but then he steps back on the mound. Botto gets back in the plate, does the same thing to him. <laughs> gets, like, gets the arm <laughs> over his head, pops him with the called timeout really quick, and then he ends up grounding out the third. Um, he goes on to tell in that interview there, because this is um, it just that next year in the, at the All-Star game, Apparently, Halliday approached him <laughs> and goes, really, two <laughs> timeouts? <in that? laughs> if we weren't on TV, I would have killed you. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's so typical, Doc, too. That is so great. Uh, so, but it, and that just goes for the fire, the intensity, the work ethic. This guy had a drive to be this Hall of Fame player, maybe not necessarily trying to be that guy throughout his career, but to go out there every stinking day and know that he can win and be at the top of his game, that's exactly what the definition of Roy Holiday is. I hope that we could have somebody that we can rely on every five days to go out there. And you almost knew every single holiday start that you were going to get at least seven innings. And there's a very good chance that he'd go eight or complete game. Uh, the, ever since Halliday's been finished his career, his last appearance in the bigs, I believe, is 2013, all of his complete games over that time stretch, still nobody has matched that uh, since then. Not just single player, but the amount of complete games throughout the entire MLB, I believe. I could be wrong on that. Somebody's got to find that quote or it. stat. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what is it? Don't what worry, is it? bro. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so I because I was one of those things I knew this about his career and I just like I said I tried any anytime I could get up from Rochester New York to catch that day last minute to go see Roy Holiday I was in line for you know the five dollar nosebleed seats with everybody else to go see Roy that night and as far as it goes those complete games 67 in his career nuts. and Absolutely which is nuts. already nuts to begin with but then it gets even crazier so since the year 1998, the year that Roy Halladay debuts, to current day, he is still the leader in complete games throughout Major League Baseball. Uh, and then you know list, what? what? Check this list out what of if... what follows. <laughs> Randy Johnson is the next closest person, fellow Hall of Famer now, 54. <laughs> <laughs> and just to throw it out there, how many more innings throughout the career did Randy Johnson pitch? He threw until his 40s. The window is insanely tight for how many games Halliday sneaks those 67 <laughs> career-complete games into. It's basically like saying, what, one in an eight chance for him to go pitch a complete game every time he yeah. gets out there? 
I didn't do Pretty the math much. on that. That was a ballpark, just for everybody's notice. <laughs> um, math isn't exactly my strong suit. Never was my strongest subject, but uh, I would say that you're pretty close. I will give it to you. <laughs> ballpark. So, but then I think the funniest thing is even on this list of guys that are close, and funny enough, there is one current player on here. I, you might be able to guess it. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The only one mm, is think long I want career. And you might get it. Is he still pitching? Correct. Is he on the decline of his career? Correct. And he might be the only major league player that actually had played with the Montreal Expos. Huh. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's <laughs> funny because he's fat. Cece. Was it Cece? He's one of those no, Bartolo Colon. <laughs> it has to be Bartolo. It's both of them, actually. I almost had you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the list goes Roy Halladay at the top, Randy Johnson this one snuck up and surprised me Levon Hernandez of Miami oh, Marlins wow. fame as 50 Kurt Schilling 49 CC 38 and uh, Big Sexy coming in at 37 wow so, so basically what you're trying to say is nobody that is currently active has any shot of catching Roy Halladay and I don't know, it'd be interesting to see who the youngest starting pitcher currently in the major leagues with the most complete games are and see how far away they are from getting to Holiday. And I make, I would probably wager that whoever that is will not catch his, was it 67 complete games? 67. That will not happen. I, that, that, that might be in the current game of baseball, unless there is some kind of weird metric change that all of a sudden says bullpens are worthless, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. I don't people think are so. <laughs> um, th- this, this is a stat that's dead. This might be like the freaking streak of Joe DiMaggio's hits. You know, This is something that might be untouchable, like Ricky Henderson's freaking stolen base record. This is not going to happen again in baseball, at least if everything stays the way it is currently in the game. Yeah, with how important bullpens are now, and especially, like, look at the Yankees' bullpen. I was talking about this with my roommate the other day. After they added Adam Ottavino, with how deep their bullpen is, seven guys strong in that pen. Guys like Jay Happ, CC Tanaka, all they got to do is go five innings or six innings before they can turn it over, and they can space out the relievers they use to finish a game over the course of a series to keep everybody fresh. It's insane. So, yeah, I don't know how many more pitchers will be able to get anywhere close to even, like, five complete games in a year because it just doesn't happen anymore. It's very rare to see a starter go complete game unless they're going for a no-hitter or a perfect game. So I would not be surprised if Halliday 67 does not get matched. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me right now. Just even, I wish I could dive into it and find it really quick, but I just didn't prep that part before the show. I think, honestly, probably at least in either division last year, you could probably count the number of guys that had complete games on all your fingers. And I'm not counting yeah. those. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm now very curious uh, how many complete games were in the majors and who the leader was last year. MonoMLB.com right now. Let's take. Uh, let me take a look and see... 2018 regular season stats. All right, so let's go pitching, and then go to... Got to scroll over a bit, because they don't... Um, I'm having trouble yeah, no finding this. I will find I will so while find you're hunting, I will I'll, let's, I'll, get, I'll rattle off some more fun here for it. So along with the complete game thing. So as far as 
anybody is concerned, yeah, okay, great, you threw a complete game. He also threw um, the majority, at least a third of his complete games were under two hours in time for a game. That's that's including having probably some like Mark Burley on the mound for the White Sox against him. That takes, you I, know. <laughs> but still, I was just gonna bring. I, I was just gonna bring up. I remember a game that I believe it was 2007 when Halliday and Burley went against each other, and it was an hour and 56 minutes, I believe. Yeah, Ron and it was done that. before nine. <laughs> Exactly. That just means you have plenty of time to go get drunk after the game with a hopeful Blue Jay win. <laughs> but I was too young back then to drink, Craig, and I did not live downtown. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay, I might have been drinking. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I eight seasons over 200 innings, too. Just to throw it out there, I think Max Scherzer had the most innings in baseball at about 220 this season. And he had eight seasons over that. <laughs> So I found the list of complete games last year in the entire MLB. The leaders, there was eight people tied with two. Jose Barrios, Carlos Carrasco, Mike Fultonavich, Corey Kluber, James Paxton, Max Scherzer, Noah Syndergaard, and Jamison Tyon. Everybody else had one, and that's it. And there was only another 30-something guys that were there. So, yeah, complete games are a lost art in, in baseball these days. Yeah, and this is the a test for the work ethic that he uh, goes through. You know, this is a guy that used to run laps around the top, top ring of the ballpark <laughs> and uh, to work out during the day. But I want to talk about the no-hitter, the playoff no-hitter, not the perfect game during the season that nobody bothered to show up for <laughs> in Miami, which is unfortunately one of the saddest <laughs> things in my opinion, period. And that just that's a whole baseball conversation amongst itself. Throws a perfect game within the season after joining the Philadelphia Phillies. First game in his playoff career, Brendan. Never made it into the playoffs before. First year with the Phillies. Throws a freaking no-hitter against one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. Just I mean, you had, to know that, you had to know something special was coming in his first ever playoff start. Once he got rolling, getting run balls left, right, and center, striking guys out really early on, uh, you knew that he was determined and locked in to go the distance and sure enough it ended up being a no hitter i forget who got the only walk against him but there was only one walk so he's one walk away from a compl- uh, from a, a perfect game in the playoffs oh, shoot i knew this <laughs> because the only reason i kn- i didn't know this at one point is i remember the joke is it because the whoever had it walked up to uh joey Votto and said wow good thing i had that walk today it really saved us <laughs> I want to say I could be wrong but I want to say it was former teammate Scott Rowland I could be completely wrong on that but something is ringing a bell about a Scott Rowland plate appearance that where he got the walk and that would make sense with how he usually went well in you know counts and everything even with his tenure with the Blue Jays high batting average for those couple of years but just didn't have the pop like he had but he always had good bat- at bats you know but as far as it all goes, that that was the only thing that happened. That one walk, the whole game, and now the rest of it was perfect. <laughs> Even right down to the last play where there's that little nubber by Brandon Phillips that lands in front yeah. of Carlos Ruiz, and there is his best friend right there to pick him up and throw out the last guy, and then he's the first one to tackle him on the mound, too. <laughs> I was so scared that, that that Ruiz was going to throw the ball away. It was a little high, too. Luckily, Ryan Howard was over there at first, and he's a huge guy to mm-hmm. be able to catch that. I thought that that was going to break it, and I just found it was Jay Bruce 
of all people who got wow. the walk against Roy Halladay. Jay Bruce, who ne- he never walks, and it was in the fifth inning. But Jay Bruce was the only guy to get on base that day for, for the Cincinnati Reds. For Blue Jays fans, just to say, that's like Kevin Pillar having a walk against Roy Halladay, just saying. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> so, that's, but it, and then, the, the like I said, the celebration almost brought tears to my eye while I'm sitting in my apartment with my friends that are Philly fans, and I'm like, I've had him first, man. He's my guy. <laughs> yeah. I... I remember being at the first, it was the only time I'd been to spring training, and it was spring training 2010, so it was first ever with the Phillies, and I saw, I wasn't, it wasn't against the Jays, but the one Jays spring training game I went to got ringed out, of course, so it was a day before my family drove to Miami to get on a cruise, so I looked up all the games around where my grandparents' house was, in uh, just outside of uh, St. Petersburg, and it was in Clearwater, and the Phillies were home. And I wore my Jays jersey there, and everybody that I saw wearing a piece of Halliday uh, jersey or T-shirt, I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. We gave you Roy Halliday. Enjoy. <laughs> I found him first. So on that note, um, I, I have to say the one thing on the work ethic here for the the no-hitter because I think this just this speaks to Roy Halliday and how special he was. Selfless, but also just one of the biggest Bulldogs you're ever going to have out there on the, on the field, period, not just on the mound. Throws the no-hitter, walks into the dugout afterwards. Everybody in the clubhouse is literally, like, doing – they're just staring them down, like, going, oh, my God, we just were – we were easily the best team in baseball history at this point right now, you know. And Halliday could have sucked that up. Or, and I, mean, I know there's a lot of major league players that would have loved to just take that ego boost right there and take over the room. Roy Halliday says, no speech, let's win two more. <laughs> and they go down to win the ALDS, so it ends up being perfect. But I just think that quote there is perfect and shows how selfless that Roy Holiday was on top of being a fierce competitor. Oh, just, there, I, the work ethic that that guy had, there's, no, there's nothing that can be said. People, if you want to be a major league starting pitcher, watch and learn and, and, learn and listen to former players and teammates as to the work ethic of Roy Halladay. If you went up and approached him on game day, he was not talking to you. He was so locked in. He probably didn't even know you were there at that point. <laughs> probably not. Int- he was probably intensity level up. and locked in, period, as far as things go. But, yes, and uh, <laughs> I've heard some interesting stories about that over the years, too. And there's plenty of on, twi- on uh, our Twitter account right now. So I'm, everything I've been finding on Roy Halladay, I have been doing my best. Jays fans to make sure I get one spot for you so you can just sit there and hit the play reel. Um, Brendan, before we get into some of the th- videos I did find, I believe you had a story for us. Yeah, my first ever time seeing Ray Holiday. So I'll preface this. My first ever Blue Jay game was in 2005. And I, I, it was late July against the Texas Rangers. I was supposed to see Ted Lilly that day, but Ted Lilly got injured the start before and missed the start. So they called up and started Dustin McGowan. So I was like, okay, I'm not seeing Roy Halladay. I was on pace to see Ted Lilly, but it ended up being Dustin McGowan. Funny enough, it was against Joaquin Benoit, who was a Blue Jay just a few years ago when he was still starting with Texas. So I believe that was the only Blue Jay game I went to in 2005. So I went to a whole bunch more in 2006. So the first ever time I saw Roy Halladay live, I, let me check the date here. It was against the Chicago White Sox, Friday, August the 4th. I went with my brother and my mom, and we got the second row right behind the Jays' bullpen because I wanted to look over and see Halliday warming up. 
And I'm excited because I'm like, oh my God, they're probably going to win today because Halliday was on the mound. Figure this my first ever time seeing Roy Halliday. He went six innings, allowed ten hits. Uh, he allowed five earned runs. He walked three guys, and he struck out seven. So it was not in any way, shape, or form a typical Roy Halladay start. He got hit a little bit around by the White Sox. And John Garland, of all people, who <laughs> pitched in that game with an ERA just under five, beat Roy Halladay. So that was my first ever time seeing him. But almost every single time after that, it was vintage Halladay. I have two other games that I remember very vividly. And my dad, brother, and I went and saw Halladay pitch in A.J. Burnett's first start back in Toronto with the Yankees after he opted out and left. And Halliday went complete game, only allowed five hits, one run, and the Jays won. And then in 2008, to close out the 08 season, was the last home game. He pitched against Carl Pagano, and again, complete game, two runs, six hits, five strikeouts. So other than the first ever time I saw Roy Halliday, almost every single other time, it was a win. And everybody who was going to the ballpark that day knew that there was a very good chance they were going to see a win if Halliday was on the mound. Yeah, and um, being a fan uh, fan from Rochester, New York here like I am, and appreciating my love of Roy Halliday here, you'll appreciate this. Um, my family's all Yankees fans besides me and my dad. So me and my dad wanted to go, and we're like, oh, they're playing the Yankees next week. Let's go up and hang out, right? So we come up to Toronto. Halliday is inevitably going to start one of those nights <laughs> that we were there for as <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday night games, or Sunday day games, right? Every time we knew we were going up there, we basically made sure that if we were ever going to go on those trips with the family and have to deal with the ridicule of Yankee fandom, especially during that era when they were doing nothing but truck the Red Sox and win World Series. Yeah. <laughs> we made sure that we were going to have one night where we were going to know we were going to win with Halliday on the mound. And... God bless our friend Ian Hunter at the Daily Hive. He has an article summarizing how much fun I had on those nights where Halliday was pitching against Yankee fans. And since 1969, with a minimum of 30 games, Roy Halliday ranks in the top 10 of all pitchers that have faced the Yankees over the years. He is num- the first player, uh, ranks first in ERA at 2.98 in his career against the Yankees. 18 wins, that's fourth, 195 Yankee strikeouts, and that's in 36 games. <laughs> Nuts. It's insane. So you could see how I, you know, would love to go up there and just watch my brother just cry a little bit watching Roy Halladay cruise right through his lineup. <laughs> I, I always remember whenever Yankees fans and Red Sox fans were in Toronto or if I met any when I was traveling in the U.S., even if it wasn't for a baseball trip, Whenever baseball got brought up and I was a Jays fan, they all, from afar, loved Holiday and how good he was. But at the same time, especially in like September, when the Red Sox and Yankees were going against each other for the division in a one wild card era, they hated whenever Holiday started because they knew there was a very good chance they were going to lose and either lose ground on the other. So it was so fun being able to bask in the glory that was Roy Halliday against Yankees and Red Sox fans back in the day. Yep. So now that you told your stories, i got to tell the one I got here, and I have told this one on a couple previous podcasts, unfortunately, after the early um, departure of Roy Halladay from this you know wonderful baseball world that we have. And as far as it goes, I happen to be, they used to do an exhibition game every year in Cooperstown, New York, where they would just have a little home run derby with, you know, some of the major league players, some of the minor league games and players, and it was just always during the all-star break. 
And I obviously know why this eventually fell off, because that week is supposed to be for the players to do whatever they want. Um, Halliday went to the All-Star game, came back, and he happened to be just getting his work in, you know, with the team and whatnot on the field. This ballpark is just a little tiny, almost feels like a little league ballpark in Cooperstown, you know. And these guys are hitting buildings in the home run derby before the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, and breaking cars and windows and everything. It's 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 very fun, you know. So, Halliday is there. We're, we were walking into town and um, we just happened to go by the ballpark and we're like, hey, let's go check it out while nobody's here, you know, right? And see what it's like inside. We go in there. He's doing, you know, stretches and everything, getting ready. And this is a day he isn't even start, mind you. You know, he's not going to pitch in this exhibition game during the All Star break. <laughs> he's just there putting his work in. And sure enough, I'm with, it was me and my family, my dad's friends and his kids and whatnot. So me and the youngest one of my my dad's buddy's uh, kids comes with me, and we walk over to the side where Halliday was, you know, just throwing the ball against the fence and stretching and whatnot. And we just stood there and watched, didn't even say anything, and, you know, just didn't want to interrupt him. Sure enough, after he finishes up, he, go, he walks over and actually strikes up a conversation with us, and he signs the little guy's, you know, baseball and goes a bunch his way but he you know a guy that was lat locked in on working in working out and everything like that just yeah just to take that five minutes to come over and talk to a couple people wearing blue jays stuff out of toronto it just that, tons of character to me that is awesome you know what i think that definitely signifies if you let him go about do his business uh and you didn't bother him as soon as he was done and knew that he was done for the day, he always did make time for the fans. As long as they were respectful and let him do his stuff. You can say that for almost every Major League Baseball player that you've ever met at a game beforehand. Let them do their work in peace, and then they'll probably come over and say hi. But that is awesome, especially that it was Roy Halladay of all people. Yeah. I was just hoping to pick up some tips on why I could, like, you know, all of a sudden dominate my high school baseball team. But <laughs> as far as everything goes, but um, it was just, like I said, pure class. And I think the, I think his family is uh, repping that a little bit right now today. With after all the, you know, first off the wonderful statements from the family and everything, his son saying "I love you" on Twitter and everything with his pictures of him and then his dad was a kid. And as far as everything goes. It hurts me a little bit, but I can't, like I said, the, the level of class is, just speaks perfect. Roy Holiday is apparently not going to have on his hat any kind of logo. He is going to be a Major League Baseball player in the Hall of Fame on his plaque, is quoting his uh, lovely wife's uh, sentiment. And I, I, like I said, I think this is just a, like going on with that selfless act. You know, he doesn't want to put one team down or the other or have to choose or his family have to choose for him. It just works, and it shows that he, you know, this is meant to be his achievement, I guess, a little bit. But all Blue Jays fans are going to, in this same situation, feel that Roy Halladay is another Blue Jay in the Hall of Fame, as just as much as the Phillies fans are going to love the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm i not upset at all that that decision was made. I respect it entirely. It's what the family wants, and anybody who's spitting hate towards them or just storm or uh, making a storm of mentions in some of the blue jay beat writers mentions on twitter it's just uh, honestly just stop it like that's what they want we know that roy halliday is ours and he loved <laughs> loved loved toronto but you know what this is a time for both blue jays fans and Phillies fans to come together and celebrate it there's such an equal case for whichever hat or logo would be on his plaque the jays one because he came up here struggled came back and dominated after working with mel queen 
And then all those playoff moments, he finally got his playoff chance to shine with Philly. They almost won the World Series. I know they never got to the World Series with Halliday, but still, they still were able to pitch in the playoffs with him uh, being the leader of that rotation. So both fr- both franchises that had Halliday should be celebrating together, and it's a time to come together and remember how great he was, and it's, it really does suck. See, the only thing that made me very emotional was seeing the picture today of Mariano Rivera, Mike Messina, and um, I'm blanking on the, on the other one who got in. Edgar. Um, Edgar Martinez, that's right. Uh, the three of them up there getting their picture with their Hall of Fame jerseys on, Holiday should be there with them all. Yeah. So just just be happy. It's, it's a great moment for everybody involved and a great way to send them off. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, like, and on that note, like I said, that also hurt me a little bit, too. Is, is this going, oh, man, I would have just even loved to kill, I would have killed to see um, Braden Holiday just wearing his dad's jersey and his, his hat, especially now that he's going to be repping them out at, at Penn State. You know, it's yeah. just, he, he's coming. <laughs> and he's and, and, and Braden, it's actually good. special that Braden was born in Toronto, too, so he is technically, I guess, Canadian, Sort of, because he was born here, he but has been still, he uh, Canadian national team the last year hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe he actually pitched. He did this past spring training. He pitched against the Jays in yep. spring training when they played the Canada Junior Team. So he's repping Canada really well, and we know that he loves this place. So he's always making mentions on how he wants to come back to Toronto on Instagram and and how much he loves Canada. So it's great to see. It is great to see, and I just hope that the, the I I think the family knowing the character that you know was Roy Halladay. They're gonna find something something fun to do on induction day for all the fans that are gonna come out in droves. Um, I honestly am wondering how much the, the phantom is gonna show up in Cooperstown this July. You're talking Mariano Rivera, that is the first unanimous player ever inducted into the yeah. baseball hall of fame. Yankee. You have Edgar Martinez, the Seattle Mariner, who is a team that travels very well when there's support of their players. At least Ken Griffey Jr. and anybody else that's gotten into the hall for his Mariners has been well represented, despite the miles, kilometers, whatever, <laughs> that is away from a little town of Cooperstown, New York. And Mike Mucina, who was also a Yankee, also a Baltimore Oriole, not too far away. And then you have Roy Holiday, nope. that's repping teams that are sandwiched literally about equal distant <laughs> from Cooperstown, New York, and Blue Jays fans in Philly. That I honestly am wondering if this is going to be one of the biggest turnouts in Cooperstown history for our I Hall would, of Fame induction. Would, it would not shock me. It, it wouldn't shock me either. There's just so much love for everybody who got in this year, Edgar especially, especially being primarily a designated hitter for the most part. And uh, No, it's, it's great. This is a really, in my mind, and I think in a lot of baseball fans' mind, a very special class getting inducted into the hall of fame yep. so on that note i one one thing i hope they do do during the midst of the roy holiday section of the uh speeches and whatnot i really hope they play his canadian baseball hall of fame speech <laughs> it, do, it is a hundred percent his him and it shows so much character he had me laughing out loud at at work the other day when I was listening to it for the first time because I didn't, you know, that all that video doesn't come down over the internet immediately. <laughs> so as far as it goes, um, he starts the thing off going, you know, saying he's not huge on speeches or anything, but we have tasks here to do today. My task is to talk. Your task is to listen. And the only thing I can <laughs> pray for is that my task is done before yours. 
again, there's nothing you can say about whenever Halliday spoke. It's just so that's so typical. It's, it's so typical reality. Well, Craig, I think we gave a very good overview on Roy Halliday and the life that was Roy Halliday. I don't. I think we both agree that this is the absolute most fitting way to say goodbye to Halliday, and we will be saying hello again when uh, Cooperstown Induction Day rolls around. And by all means, everybody, keep on sharing your Roy Halliday moments because it's very happy. But let's talk about something a little bit even more happy over the next little while. And now Baseball America released their top 100 prospects, and it is littered with Blue Jays. Seven are on the list. Craig, you want to go over the seven who made the top 100 list for the Toronto Blue Jays? Other than the best part is I'm glad I got to meet all these guys over the last couple of weeks with the Buffalo Bisons uh, prospect showcase and everything. Um, unfortunately, uh, the only one I didn't really get to meet was Danny Jansen was uh, too busy already at Winterfest hanging out with Brucky, I think. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but as far as it goes, Brendan, it's very exciting. And I think that, um, as we talked before the show, this is just a testament to the good things that are going on in the Blue Jays minor league system. Obviously, we already know that Vlad is the number one prospect in baseball, and that ain't changing anytime soon, or at least until April 15th. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, Bo Bichette sliding into number eight. That's up two spots from last year. He was at exactly 10, if I believe, um, in last year's, this time, spring training one. Um, Danny Jansen sliding into number 42. Nate Pearson, number 70 on the list. Um, young Brazilian Eric Pardinho at number 84, 89, this past drafts pick, Jordan Groshans, and then a uh, very resurgent offense and defensive force in Kevin Smith at 91, and I'm not talking Mallrats uh, clerks level Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most generic names I think you can have for, <laughs> for a kid, Kevin Smith. Well, it's exciting, man. I mean, um, People who are doubting Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro should probably look at the fact that the last three drafts and, and seasons with Miz, they've been able to select somebody who's ended up in the top 100 prospects list for this year. So if you're still doubting Shapiro and Atkins' ability to identify talent and build a sustainable winner, then all you have to do is look at that. It, it's been pretty incredible seeing the turnaround from where this team was in the state of the farm system when Anthopolis left and to now, 2019, that Atkins and Shapiro have had a few off-seasons and drafts to build this team and the entire organization from all the way down to the bottom right through to Buffalo. It's super exciting. Yeah, and as far as it goes, as um, if anybody are fans of this show, we've had minor league announcers on this show all the way down to the Bluefield Blue Jays, and um, Zach Helton had the pleasure of actually announcing it. I announced a game with him that Pardino was on the mound, and this kid is going to come on strong and quick. Only 17 years old and in that in the Appalachian League, making guys that are uh, more or less just recent draft picks. But a lot of the guys were college players, Brandon, and he's making them look silly. <laughs> so you know what we said before, right before the show started, Eric Pardino is the next Roberto Osuna, and hopefully without the baggage that Roberto Osuna came <laughs> with. So it would not surprise me to see Pardino up here when he's 19 or 20 uh, or 21. Uh, Roberto was up here when he was 20. Broke the major league roster and broke camp. I don't know if they'll be that aggressive, Pardino, but he will be up here when he's twenty twenty one. So he is super exciting and will probably continue to rise 
off the top 100 list with another really dominant year down in the minors. Yeah, and I was just trying to do uh, my quick fact-checking here, but um, there's at least three Blue Jay first-round draft picks in that number of seven there. Boba Shett was, uh, I think, a second... Uh, I can't remember if he was a second rounder or if he was the compensation pick for the first round. Off the top of my head. He might have been, I think he might have been compensation, but again... Feel free to fact check us. Yeah, I'm diving through that one. The one I'm actually really confused on right now. I can't remember when Kevin Smith got drafted, but I feel like he was a high-end pick too. Okay, well, I'll just revise my statement here. These guys were all either international signings or the guys that actually did go through the draft were in the first four rounds. (laughs) It's very impressive. It is. It It speaks so much volumes to the Blue Jays front office and all the executives that they built. The one guy I'm still so happy did not leave for a job this past offseason when he was rumored to the Mets was Ben Sherrington. It's so good to keep him around because he really built the current-day Red Sox before Dombrowski took over and started trading some of their, their assets for Major League talent. So they have so much brain power in that uh, front office that I trust them immensely to hit on the next few drafts and trades for prospects if they start selling off guys again at the deadline in 2019. It's going to be crazy to see how much talent is in this team after 2019 is over. Yeah, this this system's already ranked within the top five in minor league baseball is in plethora of talent. So <laughs> the fact that this could get better is even more ridiculous because um, as all of you are going to find out in the coming weeks, we are going to be going through our top 30 prospects, and it's a wonderful meld of our wonderful contributors, our people at South of the Six, and we're going to just compile our own list and chit-chat about it with the guys from you know, minor league announcers to prospects live to obviously me and Brendan. <laughs> but I, I'm wondering what Baseball America's list looks of the just-left-offs for this list. You know, there's a couple of guys in Blue Jay Blue minor league teams that <laughs> are really pushing the envelope and the Kevin Biggios and uh, whatnot. Uh, it kills me that Anthony Alford is still, in my opinion, a top 10 prospect. But how far off is he on this list after having a rough season and stuff like that? So yeah, there's a continuous big list of Blue Jays prospects that are probably closer to the top 500 in baseball America is my point. I I guess that there may be three, maybe two guys within the 25 below the top 100. It wouldn't be surprising at all to see maybe some of the guys like an Adam Klofenstein or a Hector Perez or Anthony Offord, Kevin Biggio, all being within that next tier, like the 25 after the top 100. So there, there's still a lot coming, and there will be some added to the 100 list uh, at midseason. Yeah, so just to give the clarification fans on what me and Brendan are trying to tell you, once Vlad and Jansen graduate from this list, there's probably going to be two more Blue Jays prospects sliding into the top 100, would be at least my guess. What Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Would not surprise me at all. And there's, there's, there's guys here who are really well-respected. Baseball America... Uh, in terms of the, the individual team's ranking, has Miguel Geraldo at 10. Um, so there is still a lot of talent that will be added to this list. And, again, with all the guys that they could be trading at the deadline, if they move off of a, a Kendrys Morales or a Marcus Stroman or an Aaron Sanchez 
Or you know what? The one guy who is the biggest trade chip in my mind right now, other than Strowman, although I do make the case that he is even a bigger trade chip than Strowman, is Ken Giles. If they do decide to move Ken Giles at the deadline, because there was a ton of interest at uh, for Ken Giles at the winter meetings, according to Ben Nicholson Smith and Jeff Blair when they were recapping Winterfest uh, on Monday on Jeff Blair show. So the prospect pool will only deepen more after they trade off some of the guys who have trade value at the deadline in 2019. Especially some selling on Giles right now, regardless of the fact that he has all the control that he is. He's got a perfect save record last year, but that, some other things going on with those stat lines that got to be at least dinging, or at least getting a nice dent in the, the hood of the car from the baseball hitting it, and, <laughs> you know, to that, I, that trade value anyway. Kind of going off on a slight tangent, I want Right. Obviously, Giles is perfect in safe situations, but non-safe situations, he was brutal in non-safe situations last year. So I do hope if he gets off to a good start, especially closing games, that games that are like 1-1, maybe they're down by one run going in a nice, I, I do want them to use Ken Giles in non-safe situations quite often to see if he's fixed that problem. Because if he has, then teams will be lining up to, uh, to acquire Giles at the deadline if they decide to move in. Yeah, literally beating himself for that ERA too, you know what was it? He gave himself a concussion or broke his hand or <laughs> something when he hit it. Oh, but he but he <laughs> punched himself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, stupid? <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Why'd you give up that home run? <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't know why it reminds me of like the bird from Frick, the Tigers. He would throw the ball back to the umpire after getting the ball right from him and going, "No, I don't like that one. There's a hit in it." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a, like it's a freaking egg or something. <laughs> but very exciting time. Like I, we've been talking about on this show in spades as far as what is going to go on this season and into the near future. It, it's it, it's going to be shocking, Brendan, to see what the spring training roster looks like and shakes up after the you know inevitable Vlad conversation and all the other good stuff that's coming. But there is so much talent from top to bottom, and we're going to do our best here on Jaybird Watching to make sure we can help you with that with your minor league announcers and me and Brendan talking about it here on the Wednesday Wallop. It's going to be very interesting to have one-stop shopping here on our show, Brendan, for minor league baseball as well as Toronto Blue Jays. I'm, I'm all here for it. You know what? Uh, we talked about this a, a, a bit before we hopped on. Um, I've still never seen a game in Buffalo at what's now called Salem Field, not Coca-Cola Field anymore. Um, so <laughs> early on in April, if you are a little down on how the Jays may start, if they don't start off too hot, go to Buffalo within the first few weekends of April and see the left side of the diamond with Vlad, or the right side of the diamond with Vlad and Bo Bichette. Uh, right up on that side because that will be fun to watch. Yeah. Left, right, it's all about perspective. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Depends which way you're looking. Depends which way you're looking. If you're, if you're a right-handed batter, they're on the left-hand side. <laughs> if you're looking at the plate, they're on the right-hand side. Whichever. I can't remember the right way to classify it. Yeah. Regardless. You know, as a local-ish person, and I'm going to see plenty of Buffalo Bisons games as much as, and I will make you come to 716 with me and have a few beers before the ball game and we'll walk over the ballpark. No doubt. Make sure you bring your toque, your parka, your gloves. <laughs> yeah, Every, uh, yeah. April, April in Buffalo can be nice, but at the same time, it can also be quite miserable. So make sure you do dress appropriately. 
I do not think it can get any worse than last season. The first 13 games were rained out last year between Rochester and uh, Buffalo. It was insane. That, I it hope that doesn't rained. happen again. I, if that happens again, then you can almost pencil in that Vlad won't be up here until probably May or mid-May with all those games missed early on. So hopefully that's not the case. Let's uh, pray that... Uh, the worst of winter, which is currently going on right now with this crazy cold spell, will be one of the only ones, and March will heat up nicely. Oh, you and guys got the April. cold spell down there. We're 15, oh. 15 degrees C here today, almost. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It, on Monday, it was, felt like negative 30 Celsius, so pretty close to, for comparison's sake, pretty close to 32, negative 32 Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's supposed to snap back down to freezing tonight. I had to make sure I shoveled the ice off my roof so I don't get any ice dams because we had like a foot and a half of snow too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we both just, get that. Just nothing but ice leaking we... to my house. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Rochester, Buffalo, and Toronto all get the lake effect. You guys get it from Lake Ontario. We get it from Lake Ontario, and they get it from Lake Erie. So it's unfortunate where the three cities are located right on the water. Which way, whichever way the wind blows, you're screwed. Is this how it is? Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. So, Brendan, what else you um, now we're so we got everybody hyped up about Halliday and the Bisons and all the more prospects. What do you have going on in Blue Jay World in your wheelhouse, man? Yeah, I just put a piece out on Monday, kind of ref, uh, reference to it earlier when we brought up Ken Giles that he is, in my mind, the biggest trade ship that they currently have. Uh, I say currently because if you fall flat in his face. There will be a lot less chatter about him, but that's my latest on Jay Serena in terms of what's coming up next. Um, I probably will be touching on some prospect stuff because uh, the Jay's Journal uh, crew and talent of writers uh, all submitted, or not all of them, but most of them submitted their top 30 prospects list, so there'll be a lot of prospect stuff coming up for myself and the whole Jay's Journal team over the next little while on Jay's Journal. Yep, and um, I'm, I'm assuming somebody picked up my work because I was the one that used to organize that every year. <laughs> yep, it's continued. It is 100% continued in pretty much the Good. exact same fashion you organized it. I was really worried that somebody was just going to let that fall on their face because, uh, unfortunately, no. me doing my own gig now, Brendan, and all these lovely Blue Jays fans tuning into our broadcast and all the other shenanigans that we keep putting out on Jaybird watching. I didn't have time to be doing this and that, and um, just trying to make sure that we have our list here as well for basically Jaybird watching slash South of the Six fun. It's going to be yeah. very interesting, and I'm going to have a, you and a bunch of other people on too as well. So we're going to talk prospects, top 30 as well, and I'm going to do some math eventually here in the next day or two to get that list all hammered out so I can start scheduling not scheduling uh, dates for the shows. We're going to try putting them out at 5 or 10 prospects or so. We want to keep them down to a half hour episode so that we can not bore you or like I was talking with the right holiday talk. We need to make sure you're on task while we're doing ours and we don't lose you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Bite-sized snackable bits of content for you to listen to at work. Yep. So as far as this bit goes, um, that's pretty much it. Um, I will want to make sure I thank everybody for tuning in on the uh, last episode, which was probably one of the more uh, <laughs> quote-ridden uh, random fun shows that we've had. Um, the, we did a top nine baseball movie countdown for you and did a little debate on why everybody should be rooting for X movie and it ended up being really fun. We had Zach Helton, the voice of the Bluefield Blue Jays, Adam Corsair, my partner in crime, and yours at uh, South of the Six. 
And we also had Hayden Godfrey of Jay's Journal with us as well for that talk. So make sure you hit that up on the, our website as well on jaybirdwatching.com or on Twitter at birdwatchinggc. Um, once again, another Wednesday wallop successful, Brendan. <laughs> Yes, sir. You enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, looking forward to the next Wednesday wallop already, and hopefully all of you are as well. Yep, it'll be game time soon enough. A month away, we'll be having some real good baseball going on, hopefully. Um, until then, best wishes to all of the Halliday family, and um, I hope you really are all enjoying this joyous celebration of the life of, you know, your, what a great family member and uh teammate and everything so as far as everything goes our wishes here at jaybird watching go out to you along with all your canadian and blue jay family and tune in soon and we'll have more content for you next week thank you again for listening to jaybird watching i'm craig borden peace out everybody without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.